Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. Yo, yo, what's up out there, everybody? It is Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 70, and we're in March, and it's time for things to get crazy in the world of basketball, whether it be the NBA or college basketball. I do want to say one thing, though. This year, this is the first weekend of the NCAA tournament coming up soon, and the greatest event in the year for sports betting Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above, MyBookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, MyBookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. MyBookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business, and the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in for you. Deposit with MyBookie today, and you can use promo code WIDE. That's promo code WIDE to get in on the fun at MyBookie and receive 50% off your first bet. That's right, 50 percent off with my bookie so make sure you get in on that right now you're not going to want to miss all the fun over at my bookie so again it's mybookie.ag get there now and make sure you get in on all the fun at mybookie.ag again it's promo code wide so don't miss that and make sure you get there right now Nate and Tim, we're here with you on Wide Men Can't Jump this week. And again, thanks to my bookie for being one of the sponsors on the program this week. Tim, what's up with you, my man? It's Nate. It's Tim. They're happy to give you all your basketball stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome uh, back. Things are, things, you know, it's got free health care, you know, Nate. You get the meds whenever you need them. Up here <laughs> Must be nice. All, all, is, all is well. I'm just... Uh, I want to get right to it here. I just was reading. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently Clemson was just hosed in the. Uh, uh, they were playing, I believe, NC State in the second round of the, the ACC, ACC tournament. tournament, and had two fouls to give, and apparently were got a call. I'm trying to find some video. Apparently, I got a foul call that even. Well, let's just say the National Institute for the Blind is scratching their heads. One of those wow. ones that just didn't make one of those ones apparently that just didn't make any didn't make any sense. 
Uh, if I find some video of it, I will uh, pass it on. But um, yeah, so that's a big. Uh, that was a relatively, not a huge upset, but a, a relatively. You know, that's a pretty big name. That's probably uh, going out that early. It's probably uh, if they if they were on the bubble, they're 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 way on the bubble now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one to 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 lose if you're Clemson. I, I understand that, but man, the NC the, the tournaments have kicked off. The conference tournaments have, and we've got a call. So, I believe. Here, let's see who's with us here. That number looks familiar. Hello, you're on with White Men Can't Jump. Uh, good evening, uh, gentlemen. This is Lou from New Jersey. It's Lou, oh, ladies and it's gentlemen. Lou, Lou. Lou. Where yeah, have you been, Lou? That number. Well, you can't forget my favorite time of year, next to Christmas, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the conference. I, I mean, the madness is. doesn't start on Sunday. The madness, to me, starts right now. The fight was going to be in the big tournament. Oh, yeah, it's already – there's already been yeah. a few uh, – I'm not really surprised. There's been a couple of uh, Gonzaga going down for sure, and that tore at least one bubble team's hopes all the hell. Um, yeah, but they that, didn't care. They were getting it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right, but it, but it kills it kills them that large bid, right? Because now they've got a yes. Uh, they get the automatic bid, and Gonzaga is going to get in anyway. So then somebody else isn't going to now. Who probably should be there, but we'll see what happens come come Sunday. But yeah, I mean, you look at the at-large bid situation. Let's. I'm going to go ahead and pull up. We're going to kick this off tonight. I know this is normally an NBA podcast, but the NCAA tournament is a huge deal. And we always, always try to dive in as deep as we can here when it comes to that. So, with the St. Mary sure, Wimp, there's There was one team for sure, if you can find the at-large, or not the at-large bids, but the automatic bids. Uh-huh. There was one team I know for sure that has never been in before. And the college sounds like what you might think was an accounting firm or something. It, yeah. like, William and Mary? I've never. No, William and Mary? Even, even more obscure than that, I had never heard of them. Um, I have no idea where they're located in the in the country, uh, but I saw they. I can't even remember what the conference was. I just saw the name and I went, "What the hell is that? That's got to be a misprint." But it wasn't. You'll know it when you see it because it sticks out in the list if you can find. I'm gonna it. look here. I'm gonna try and find the teams what that are it? already in the tournament here. Um, I posted it. I posted it on Facebook, but of course. Facebook being Facebook today, uh, you probably can't get at that. So. You too. <laughs> Pretty much everybody, from what I understand, but uh, yeah, I had posted it there, but um, it was an ESPN article. Let's see if I can find. Well, it. what was the name of the school? I can't remember. It was just oh. it caught me totally off guard because it was so. I said I'd never heard of them. Even more obscure than the Walker. I'm, I'm getting through here. Uh, I'm going to look to see uh, Liberty. Won the A Sun. Uh, they have made the bracket. They were are twenty eight and six this season. Uh, are you talking about Garner Webb, Tim? There we go. Yeah, Garner they won Webb. the Big South. Garner Webb. Now remember this. I'll, I'll bring this up. Years ago. Now this was probably the biggest win in Garner Webb's career, 
or as existence as a school. Garner Webb upset Kentucky years ago in basketball. I uh, don't know if anybody remembers that upset, but Garner Webb back yes, then, yeah, yeah they were a big Kentucky fan, and let's just say he ate a lot of shit after that game. Uh, but Garner Webb has punched their tickets twenty-two and eleven. They are in the. They win the Big South. Mm, Northeastern. Northeastern won the Colonial Athletic at 23-10. and 10. They are in for an automatic bid. The Horizon League, Northern Kentucky, makes the tournament at 26-8. Uh, here was kind of a shocker. Iona at 17-15 and 15 wins the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference to get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. And they were only 17-15, and 15, so that's, that's, that's a weird... Uh, it's a weird record to be yeah. in a tournament. Um, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament Champion Bradley, Bradley at nineteen and fourteen wins their tournament. They're in. Now this one sounds like an author. Uh, the Northeast Tournament, Fairleigh Dickinson wins at twenty and thirteen. They are I'm in from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> well, Lou, we know how you love your Jersey people. You're a Jersey boy, yeah. aren't you, Lou? Born and raised. Uh, now, Ohio Valley winner, this is a team to me that's going to be a sleeper in the tournament, depending on where they're seated. If they're seated at about a 12 or an 11, this is a team that I think is going to pull off an upset. Murray State, 27 and 4. They are dangerous. And they are good this year. Very good. Yeah, that's so, one of those names that uh, kind of haunts NCAA lore in the brackets. Yeah. They've, they've been there a well, time or two and with a win or two. Yeah, the Southern Conference. Uh, Wofford wins that one, twenty nine and four. They're in, which Wofford was going to get an at large bid this year. They were ranked in the yeah, top twenty five because they were twenty five at least for a while. Yeah, the Summit League Tournament Champion North Dakota State and Carson Wentz goes wild. North Dakota State at eighteen and fifteen. They make the tournament this year. Uh, the West Coast Tournament crowned their champion last night. St. Mary's upsets Gonzaga. St. Mary's wins the tournament gets the automatic bid. So what does that mean for bubble teams? That's the real question that we're looking at here. Um let me let me kinda let me let me find here if I can find it. We'll go by conference. There's a there's a there's shortly. an article on ESPN there, Nick, where they talk about the top uh I believe he he, he has it ranked right down to the last uh, and it's all on there, quite quite well explained. Not too much I could argue with about the bubble teams, but it's just uh, the parity in the NCAA this year is so much that they're having a yeah, really a hell lot. of a time. They're having a hell of a time with the bubble teams because normally there's a few that are, uh, you know, pretty much gimmies. Like we talked about last week. I mean, you're looking at a tournament with the potential of not having. Uh, a Stanford or a Cal or a USC or a UCLA, that none of those West Coast teams should be there because their records are that poor. But then again, with the parity, this might be a year where, you know, like I said, 17 and 15 might not be as bad as it would normally would be. Yeah. Um, so here – so I'm looking at uh, an article. It's called the NCAA Tournaments on ESPN. These are this is the Bubble Watch. Uh, St. Mary's winning shrinks the bubble. This goes by conference. 
Um, here's your locks from the ACC, according to this article. This is, and this is mostly your big conferences, your power schools. Uh, teams that are a lock from the ACC, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Florida State, Virginia Tech. Those, those are the locks. Uh, it's, according to this, Syracuse should be in. North Carolina State and Clemson have work to do. So that big loss by Clemson earlier really hurt. Yeah, and it says here, after losing by a point to North Carolina State, Clemson will be on the last four in, be one on the few on the last four in, and perhaps more on first four out list. So not looking good for Clemson. Yeah, because I forgot now they've got that whole quad thing, right? That's yeah. The big, uh, that's the big thing this year is the quad record. So, yeah. All right, let's look here. The Big 12, locks from the Big 12, Kansas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor. They say Oklahoma should be in. Texas and TCU have work to do. Oklahoma and West Virginia play tonight. West Virginia could pull off a, a major, major upset if they win against Oklahoma tonight. Uh, and go play Texas Tech tomorrow. But according to this, work to do. Texas and TCU have work to do to get in. What do you think there, guys? Any any comments on the Big 12? Mm-hmm. I'm not really, to be honest, sort of Kansas and Texas Tech when I look at that list. I'm not really all that excited about any of those teams, to be honest. I'm not excited no. about Kansas and Texas Tech. No. The Big it's 12 not, is yeah, known. Nothing jumping out there at me. For, the Big 12 is known for choking in the tournament. They are. They're known for yes. every year. And, and I, you know, I'm a big West Virginia supporter, and the Big 12 chokes every year. West Virginia gave Villanova maybe their best game last year, but Kansas Kansas is going to be a team that will get you to the Sweet 16 and then get beat. Um, Iowa State seems like almost every other year they're getting upset in the first round. Baylor always seems to come up short. Kansas State's hit or miss. You never know. Texas Tech, if I don't even remember the last time they were in. Uh, remember last year, Trey Young and Oklahoma got in the tournament when most people said they didn't deserve it, but they got in. So, a lot of disappointment here for me with these teams this year. The Big 12 is down. Where was, uh... Yeah. Yeah, no, no, nice, no, no argument for me there. I was, I was looking. Where was TCU in that mess again? Uh, work, TCU, work according to, to this, they have work to do. Work to do. They are pounding Oklahoma mm-hmm. State right now. Well, Oklahoma State's <laughs> so, pretty awful, so... <laughs> yeah, they're 12 and, 12 and 19, but still, they're Work to Not do as bad as West did. Virginia this season, but still pretty bad. <laughs> That's first round, though, too. No, he's bad West go. Virginia. Hey, Lou, watch it. <laughs> okay. They're pretty bad. No, Lou, bad I'll agree with year. you. I'll actually agree with you this year. <laughs> as we like to say here in West Virginia after the end of a season, wait till next year. All right, the Big East yeah. locks in the Big East tournament. Year. Locks in the tournament from the Big East this year. Marquette, Villanova should be in Seton Hall. Work to do St. John's, Creighton, Georgetown, and Xavier. And, you know, Marquette, Villanova, none of those teams really get me excited. Well, the Big East is not what it used to be. No, no, it's not. I miss 
Lou, look, let me bring it up. You're a Big East guy. You're, you're a Northeastern. You're a Northeastern yeah. guy, Lou. Let me bring up this. The other day was the anniversary of the sixth overtime game between Syracuse and UConn in the Big East tournament. Yeah. You remember? Did you watch that game live like I did? For most of it, yes. I think by the time it was the fifth overtime, I was like, oh, I got to get some sleep. <laughs> I actually stayed up and watched the whole game. Uh, well, I, oh, I, I take it back. I watched all the overtimes. I didn't make it home. Right. I made it home in time to catch the first overtime, and I figured, you know, all right, I'll watch this and go to sleep. Then, like, an hour and a half later, I finally went to sleep because I had to see who won that game. That was one of the best yeah. basketball games I've ever seen. And two teams that who just refused to lose. Both teams right. were naked. Every time Syracuse would make a shot, Mark or, uh, UConn would answer and vice versa. That was one of the best basketball games you'll ever see. That was definitely – that was the last of the great Big East games yeah, the Big East it tournament back when it was the Big East up in uh, Madison yeah. Square Garden, man. It, it didn't get any now better than that. Down. It really is. Uh, but, again, St. John's, Creighton, Georgetown, Xavier, work to do. Seton Hall, they're saying, should be in. We'll have to wait and see on that. Let's look at the Big Ten, Tim's favorite group. Uh, locks to be in the tournament this year. Michigan State, Michigan. Purdue, Wisconsin, and Maryland, teams that should be in Iowa and Minnesota and work to do Ohio State and Indiana. Did you ever think you would look at a post and says teams that need to do a little bit more work to get into the tournament, Ohio State and Indiana, both. My, my, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, the Big Ten, that's what it used to be either. Uh, to be honest, there's, there's no, I mean, they've got a, I mean, Michigan State's a pretty good team. Michigan's a decent team, but there's nobody in the Big Ten. If they, if there's, if one of those teams comes out of it to win the whole thing, I would be utterly amazed. I could see Michigan State maybe making a run. Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo's teams are are one of two two things happen every year to them. They either a go on a huge run and make it all the way to the final four, or they lose in the first two rounds. That's Michigan State. There's really almost no in-between. They tend to not match up against certain – they're like Michigan. Michigan's got a good defense, not so much offense, and if the, the, the right matchup, they're going to get they get killed, which is usually Michigan yeah. State. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah. The Pac-12. Yeah. The Pac-12. Here's a short <laughs> season for you. Very short list. A lock to be in the tournament, Washington. Work to do, Arizona State. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the no, Pac-12 I told you that the West Coast basketball has, I don't know what happened to it, but God, did it get bad. It has fallen this year. Definitely fallen. And Arizona State, you know, they're yeah. they have not all that amazing, you know, yeah, they beat Arizona, who's way down this year. But, I mean, Washington's the best team coming out of there. Somebody's going to get in that tournament based on winning the Pac-12 championship. I mean, we assume it'll probably be Washington, but who knows? I mean, it's just the Pac-12 is way down this year. You know, they haven't, uh, even like Arizona State there, like they kind of made fun of the fact, you know, they're in the work-to-do category, but it says they're, they're the only team that's lost to 
uh, games to teams in all four quads, which really you shouldn't get in. Yeah, I agree. So, Let's see here. <laughs> the SEC. This ain't football, so there's nothing guaranteed here. Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, right. Mississippi State, Auburn are locks. Should be in Ole Miss and work to do Florida and Alabama. So a little work to be done for some of these teams. Now, of course, you know, Ole Miss, you don't know because, you know, a lot of these things you got to wait and see. Conference tournaments have a lot to do with things. So we'll see what happens there. But according to this, Alabama and Florida have a lot of work to do this year to get in. What say you gentlemen? They do need a lot of work to get in. Yeah. That's another one where I look at those teams and I have to be honest, none of them really excite me a whole lot. Yeah, it hasn't been the same. I don't know. Like we keep saying that about every division. Who's going to win this thing? Is this yeah. like Dukes to lose? Is this Dukes to lose? Or? Well, here is uh, – the American Conference. This is another big time conference. Locks to be in the Amer- from the American Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida, and work to be done. Temple. Temple is one of those late surging teams. So those uh, those are some of the teams they're saying should be in. So and there's there. I mean, well, of course, there's a, there's a list here of just teams that. Uh, these are the others. These aren't from the major conferences. Here's some more locks to be in the tournament. Gonzaga, Nevada, Buffalo, Wofford won their mm-hmm. tournament. They're in. St. Mary's won. They're in. Murray State won. They're in. Uh, here's teams that should be in. VCU and Utah State. And here's some teams with work to do. Oh, yeah. That would be uh, Belmont, the Belmont Bruins, the UNC Greensboro Spartans, Um and the Furman, here's your here's you one, the Furman Paladines, ladies and gentlemen. If you've not heard Furman, of them, join the club. That's the and Furman cause Lips, of evidence tampering. The Lipscomb Bison are a team that are saying they need to do some work to get in. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams out here vying to get in. And Gonzaga yeah. going down really, really hurt the chances for a lot of teams. There's like two or three teams at the top, I would have to say, as much as it pains me, because I'm not a Duke yeah. fan. But you got Duke, uh, Virginia, and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And after that... I think you can throw Kentucky in there. I think may- Maybe. After mm-hmm. that, depending you've got, you've got a world-class crapshoot going on. Depending on which Kentucky team shows up, you can throw them in there. And even even those teams, North Carolina's beat Duke, but never with Williamson. We don't know what we're going to get when Zion comes back. If he, I you, believe he, I believe they have said he will be back, but um, what you're going to get, who knows? I mean, I got to say, I, I mean, I mean, I got to put my money on Duke, I suppose. But after that, and I'm not even sure about them because they're infamous for getting this far in. And then losing when they shouldn't. Yeah. Have you, you know, ever seen an it. Have you ever seen an NCAA tournament where you have basically the whole tournament 
and what could happen, really depending on one player. Well, he's going to make yeah. a big difference because, and yet Gonzaga handled them when he was playing. Yeah, and they handled them, and they handled them relatively, relatively easily too, for that matter. And you um, got to remember, but then Gonzaga comes out; they're on a slide now. They lose to St. Mary's. Do they lose their one seed? That's the that's a big question right there. Do you think Gonzaga uh, loses no. their one? Well, if let's say what Duke does in their tournament, let's say they don't, he doesn't play and they don't win. Let's say they lose another game. Do they deserve to be a number one at that point? And could they, for That's a change, actually, could they I mean, end up in a, uh, could they end up somewhere where they don't have home court advantage like they usually do, and maybe they don't play quite as well? well normally they. Normally they got a bus ride to where they're playing. Usually, I mean, I would normally be the first person. I would normally be the first person to tell you, if you don't win your conference tournament, I don't think you deserve to be a one seed. I think that's that should be a requirement. Despite the record. No, 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 no. The record, the record has to be like if you're going to be a one seed, I think you need to win your conference tournament. But again, let's say Duke doesn't win their conference. Okay, so that throws Gonzaga out of the equation already. So now who are the four number ones if they're not one of them? Because by that again, criteria, I, they, again, they that's tough to, because because you're looking at Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, who are all you know fantastic. Well, I can't, well Duke, Duke and North Carolina both can't win their their conference tournament either. So neither can Virginia. <laughs> they're all in the same conference. Well, well yeah, one one, one <laughs> yeah. of them has to go. So. I don't know. So, I mean, I, 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 like I would sure. say it. Normally, I would normally I would say, okay, you need to win your conference tournament. But this year, with the way things are going, I just don't. I can't get behind that because normally I would say that. But this is one of the first years that I really can't be. A, well, be we're going to see sub- some. You're going to start to get some answers tomorrow because we've already got the Virginia against NC State tomorrow. Um. North Carolina plays somebody who wins to, uh, one of the games from tonight. The big boys suit up tomorrow. So we'll already start to see, maybe we'll start to get some answers by tomorrow already. Because Duke, uh, Texas Tech, yeah. North Carolina, Marquette, Auburn, all these teams all start to play tomorrow. So we're going to get some answers by okay. the other. And definitely by the end of Friday or Saturday, we'll know for sure because there's just no way uh, the way the brackets are set up Particularly the ACC, there's just too many teams. They can't all make the final. Somebody's going to have to lose before Sunday. So, right. <laughs> so there, we'll, we'll get something, and then and then the selection. Well, that that to me, that's the real kicker, because I I don't remember a year that it's going to be as hard as it's going to be this year. They're really going to have uh, a lot of justifying to do for certain teams being in and out because. There's just no runaways. There's nobody on this list that you could say, like, even if you want to go right to the top, oh, well, Duke is a clear number one. Well, not really. Five losses, uh, two with Williamson, so maybe not. Tennessee, not really. Virginia, not really. Gonzaga, not really. Um, you can poke a hole in any of those theories if you, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take very long to do it either. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a, it's going to be a barn burner. I know that much. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, it definitely will be. And you know, it's it's going to be fun to see where we end up. The conference tournaments this weekend, a lot of lot to watch, and uh, there's going to be you know we're going to have the wide men can't jump special uh, bracket pool going on. So everybody's going to make sure we get in with that. I will announce that later in the show where you can join up for that. So we're looking forward to that and hope you guys jump in, get in on the brackets, and uh, the winner will receive a free Wide Men Can't Jump t-shirt in their size. So definitely be excited for that. Well, what, we retired the Bruce Colbyn's Memorial Trophy? Uh, Yeah, we had to. Unfortunately, the the lawsuit's still pending. First suit us, dude. <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what a jerk. Still pending, but y- you know how it goes. Yeah, oh man. Okay. Um, yeah. I know. I know this is a basketball show, uh, but I do want to bring up one thing. If you're an NFL fan, uh, it just became official. Blake Bortles is a free agent, so Nick Foles is going to be uh, the starter. It looks like. So Blake. we're going to leave it. Leave that there. I got, I got, now I got to make one quick comment about that. I don't know about that move. I really don't. It's one of those things we're gonna have to wait and see. So yeah, I, I, I'm not not gonna go blah, but I'm not jumping up and down either because I don't know about that one yet. Again, another wait and see moment. But that's the NFL. That's another time for another day. I just thought I would bring that up because you know the NFL's been making a lot of waves lately. With everything that's going yeah. on, there's poor under under underpaid NFL players. Oh, bless their hearts. They yeah, have poor guys. <laughs> Definitely. No sympathy. But no sympathy from me. But yeah, Lou, we hope you can get into our uh, bracket, our bracket pool. We'll have up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to definitely. Well, have to do. Try. Do you have an ESPN account? Do I have an account? No, I just go on their website. Well, I mean, if you go on their website, if you create an account, it's like a, uh, a tournament challenge. It's just a login. It's just a login. Yeah, you just oh, log in. I, I see. Okay, let me look that up then. They don't, yeah, yeah. it's not, they don't cost no money or anything like that. It's, yeah, and we will have our uh, bracket there. there. We create a group, you join, and it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it. I'm actually going to go ahead and create. I'm going to go ahead and create the group ASAP. So so easy. Tom Robinson could do it. That would be a lie. Right, Nate? All right. Well, as soon as you get it, um, let me know, and I'll I'll be ready for it. Okay. Not a problem. Not a problem. We will... We will definitely do that. We'll post it on the Twitter. We'll post it on the the, the webpage. Facebook, it'll be the the usual places. Yeah, we'll have it all over the place. So keep up with us. And uh, I've actually got it. I went ahead and created it right now, so nobody panic. It's already ready to go. Uh, it's the yeah, Wide Men Can't Jump Group. That's right. It's the Wide Men Can't Jump Group. Make sure you get in on that. Uh, and all you have to do, hold on one second here. Possible Tom Robinson sighting at that, at that page. Okay, it's the Wide Men Can't Jump Pod group. Wide Men Can't Jump Pod. Make sure you're, when the brackets come out, you join the group, and you can get in. It's one bracket per person, so make sure you 
you can only do one. That way you can't spam the uh, group with multiple entries. One person, one bracket per person. Yeah, that's enough. Go play 17 more groups if you want to. But <laughs> Exactly. If you want, you got more brackets, go elsewhere and use them. Only one because there's free T-shirts on the line here. We can't just be having everybody. Yeah. Right. yeah. Definitely. dollars for God's sake. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, oh, $8, $9 at least. I mean, this is serious. <laughs> we have to fire, we have to let Robinson go if, if the shirt money don't come in. Well, Lou, let me ask you, um, Anything new up in the Jersey world? We're about to have a guest on here in a minute, so I just wanted to bring up, you know, you've been doing okay. We miss uh, we miss talking yeah. to you. Yeah, I keep forgetting when you're on. I mean, I think the schedule's a little inconsistent. I try to look for you guys, you know, whenever you're on. Well, yeah, we try. Much except for Wednesdays. Wednesdays we've been on. Wednesday's been the only night. Much. We've been very Wednesday's busy. Very just got to find the right – Wednesdays is good. Just got to find the right time to do it, so I'm good for Wednesday. Uh, for the most part, our teams in the New Jersey area have, well, shall we say, sucked uh, so far this season. The Nets seem to be the only decent uh, professional team in the area right now. And uh, they're holding on to the uh, sixth spot in the uh, East right now. Yeah, the Nets are doing well. Um, they're they're yeah. a good little team. They've got some players. Um, and they're only going to get better. They've got a lot of cap space coming free next year. So they're they're going to make some moves. I don't see him getting out of the first round this year, but I think it's good to get that young core. Uh, uh, I, that young core will be able to go out and uh, get some experience in the playoffs. You didn't like the Jets signing Bell? Well, let's put it this way. Every time somebody comes over for a good team and they come over to the Jets, something goes wrong. I'm projecting that Bell's going to get hurt early in the season. That's going to be in the fifth season right there. This has jinxed yeah, all over it. I can't really argue with you on that one. And I don't know. He seems like he might be a bit of a troublemaker, too. So, which the Jets don't That's what the troublemaker is, you know, who of the Giants. Well, what the Giants? Yeah. I'm, the jury's still out on that one, too, for me. But uh, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he was – I mean, yeah, his rookie season. Oh, fantastic rookie season. Everybody was raving about him. My nephew was, was crazy about him. Now he just thinks he's crazy. <laughs> might not be, might not be wrong. Well, Lou, we thank you for jumping on. We've got a caller on the line here. We got to get to a special guest for the episode, so we want to thank you again and try to call back. Uh, we should be going live Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk some more college hoops and uh, talk about the brackets. If you want to jump back on, we should be on Sunday night. Eight o'clock my time. Uh, eight o'clock yeah, my time, time, or is it? Yes. Yeah, my time, Eastern oh, right. time. Yeah, I got to jump on another show anyway, so now is a good time. But uh, thanks, All right. fellas. Thanks, Lou. We'll see, see you. Later. Well, that was Lou, guest caller. But joining us right now is a writer for Salt City Hoops and the J-Notes, our man on the Utah Jazz, John Kiefer. John, thanks for jumping on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be back. Anytime, anytime. So uh, we want to talk a little jazz basketball for you. Well, not just for you, but we have a diehard jazz fan who loves Quinn Snyder. Rachel, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I got Don on just so you could hear about your jazz. She's a, 
So Rachel should be back. I'm a theme of jazz fans is national media never talks about jazz fans, so that's perfect. (laughs) Right. So we, but we take note of our jazz fans. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That that deserves that deserves one that deserves one of these. That's it. To get to get things the four people who got going. (laughs) Are you the gentleman that we uh, you've been on before, right? I have, yeah. Were you the? I'm trying to remember if, if you're the one who predicted that the Jazz would that they weren't in the playoffs when you were on, and they are now. And if you were the same guy, I can't remember that. I believe it was because when we did this, yeah, it was John. Started off kind of okay. rough. I think it was. I think it was around early mid December that we did it. And it was just a rough, rough time for the Jazz. But I mean, we talked about it last time. They had really the hardest schedule of any other team in the NBA through the new year. And once the schedule started to soften up a bit, they strung together some wins and now they're back in the playoffs. Yeah. They're sitting at the eight seed uh, right now. Yeah. Looking like they're going to hold on too. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the West, the eight teams that are in, I I don't think there's any chance that any of the eight that are in are going to fall out. It's just the seeding between three through eight is so crazy right now. You lose, you win yeah. one game, you jump up to four, you lose one, you drop down to eight. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Win. It's definitely wild. And uh, one thing we we do want to bring up with the Jazz is right now they are the eight seed. And again, as you said, uh, doesn't look like Sacramento and Minnesota or the Lakers are going to be able to catch anybody, uh, and that sucks for me as a Wolves fan. But you talked about it before. <laughs> the Jazz went on a tear. Uh, they're 21 and 12 at home for you Rush fans out there, and 16 and 17 on the road, five and five out of their last 10. What's been the turnaround since December that has caused the Jazz, other than the schedule, of course? Has the team been able to come together a little more? Has Quinn Snyder changed anything? What's really caused the Jazz to kind of go on this streak? That, um, to be honest, it was a little unexpected. Yeah, I think it's been a myriad of things, but one of the biggest things is that they got back to their core identity. Um, at the start of the year, they weren't really playing defense like we predicted them to. Uh, last year, that was their main calling card. That's really what got them to the playoffs and got them a first-round victory in the playoffs. But started the year, and it just seemed like defense wasn't there. I mean, I think for a stretch, they were here in the middle of the league. They're about 12 to 16 defensively, and that's just not who the Jazz are. If they were going to be if they were going to be a dominant playoff team with the offensive players that they had, they had to be top five defensive team in the NBA. And since then, right now, I think they're currently slated at number three. And really, in my mind, that's been the biggest difference is they focused in on what is really their calling card, and they made a concerted effort to be better on the defensive end, and, and that really started to lead to wins. Um, outside of that, I would say Donovan Mitchell has been the biggest thing. Um, he has been amazing over the last few months, incredible playing at an all-star level. Um, I, I looked at, I think in December, he only averaged 18 points a game and his shooting averages were just terrible. But since the new year, he's been averaging about 27 points, five rebounds, five assists, and he's shooting much, much better. And that in turn has made it so it's harder for opposing teams to stop the jazz. Yeah. And of course, you know, you talked about Mitchell, he, he really stirs the drink there in Utah. But one thing I don't think we talked about, because it has been a while since you've been on, uh, Go Bear, snub for the All-Star yeah. game, I think. Big-time snub. Very much uh, snub. Talk, Big-time snub. Yeah, 
Go, go ahead. Tell us, tell us how you felt about that and, and how the the fans of Utah were when it came to that. Uh, they were not very happy. Um, I think there's a case that – and I think the biggest thing people saw was when Gobert didn't make the all-star team, there was the, the footage of him afterwards um, just kind of breaking down into tears and leaving an interview because he was just – he was hurt by it. And he made the comment later that it just goes to show you that the NBA is so focused and driven on offense and just offense, 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 that a player like Gobert who just dominates the defensive side of the ball, he just doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And even though he'll probably still be defensive player of the year, it just feels like he can't make the all-star team, which is important to him. He wants to show that he's put in a lot of work. But really, Gobert has been one of the top centers in the entire NBA. He's averaging a career high in points over 15 a game. He gets 12 rebounds a game. He averages like 2.4 blocks a game. And if you look at those numbers alone, there's only three players in the entire NBA who average greater than 15 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks. It's Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Rudy Gobert. He's just, he's a rare player in this league who doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, I was watching some jazz, some of the jazz games when they played Denver uh, in Denver a few weeks ago. That was a, a wild, um, just insane game to watch. Royce yeah. O'Neal, you want to talk about a pit bull on defense and a guy that doesn't get the credit that I think he deserves. He is just absolutely fantastic on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he's not going to put up stats that will blow your mind, but I really like Royce O'Neal. What what do the Jazz yeah, think, get out of him from coming off the bench like that? I think that's a big thing. Coming off the bench, it gives you exactly what you want. He's the type of player who knows who he is. He doesn't do things that just make you cringe. Um, he knows his strengths when he plays to his strengths. He comes off the bench, plays about 20 minutes a game for the Jazz, and what you can expect from him defensively is just hard-nosed, lockdown defense last year against James Harden in the playoffs. He really played him extremely, extremely well. And he's, he's that type of player who you can just look at the other team's best player and say, Hey, like all I want you to do is just make the day a nightmare for him. Like he's going to get his points because he's great, but you're the guy who's just going to make him hate playing the Utah jazz. Um, And he does that. He does that really, really well. Uh, He struggled early on in the year. And a lot of that was because the NBA has really, cut down on allowing defenders to off-ball movement hold the offensive player or even touch the offensive player. Uh, it became a struggle for him, but he's adjusted to that nicely and over the last few months has been fantastic. Um, and then offensively, that was probably the biggest area for him where, I mean, he, he was a 26-year-old rookie or a 25-year-old rookie. Um, and there's a reason for that. And it's because offensively, he just didn't really have any type of offensive game, but he's worked hard and, this year he's actually shooting 40% from three. So he's become a very, very serviceable player for the Jazz because he's really just the classic three and D guy. Terrific, terrific defense, but offensively he just kind of stands in the corner and moves the ball well. He hits open shots, and that's that's what the Jazz need from him coming off the bench, and he he excels at that. Yeah, and – Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, I I, just kind of – back to Gobert because I I was trying to look something up that I had done Um, when Rudy Gobert got snubbed from the all-star game I started looking at his statistical rankings 
and how he compared to the to two players who were just ahead of him, which would be Carl Anthony Towns and Marcus Aldridge. Um, so I looked at all the catch-all metrics that I could find and just looked at where do they rank in the NBA. Um, so here's, here's where Rudy Gobert ranks in the NBA and some of the most important offensive and defensive metrics. Defensive RPM first, total RPM 10th, RPM wins 7th, PER 14th, defensive win share second, offensive win share sixth, win share second, offensive rating second, defensive rating third, defensive box plus minus first, total box plus minus eighth, value over replacement player fifth, rebounds fifth, rebound percentage fifth, blocks second, blocks per game fourth, blocks percentage sixth, true shooting percentage third, effective field goal percentage first, screen assist first, screen assist per game first. If you look at all of those advanced metrics and kind of the catch-all metrics that explain the value a player has in the basketball court, Rudy Gobert is consistently, without fail, a top-ten player in the NBA. There's no reason he should not have been in the All-Star game. The only thing is his primary thing is defense, and people don't care. So if, if you get bored, you know, go on Twitter and look at it, because it's an amazing visual to see. I completely agreed that, that he deserved to be in the all-star game. I'm a little bit of a homer, so I kind of had to, like, like not over Towns, but um, I thought yeah. he did deserve it over Aldridge, and I did think he deserved it over Clay Thompson as well. I think uh, Clay got in on kind of reputation. But, it, you know, yeah. I do agree. I think a lot of people will agree that he did deserve an all-star, an all-star berth. But another player I wanted to bring up was Kyle Korver. Um, since the trade to Korver – being back on on the Jazz, how does he fit in with the um, with the Jazz, and how has he made them better, or has he not made them any better? Uh, I think he's absolutely made the Jazz better. Um, I think the biggest thing was just the spacing he provided. Uh, the Jazz, I was beating my drum about this over last off season, and unfortunately, no one listens to me. Um, I, I feel like the main thing the Jazz needed last off season was shooting, and I don't know if I would say unfortunately, but they made the decision that they were just going to bring everybody back. They didn't really go out and target any free agents. They just were going to bring everybody back. They played really well the second half of last season, so it made sense. Um, But then the the year started, and that was just obvious that's what they needed. So when they traded for Kyle Korver, and it's only one guy, but it's a guy who historically is one of the greatest shooters of all time, and he's been fantastic for the Jazz. He's been shooting – about 42, 43% since he came over here. And he makes about two threes a game. And I think until, I think it was until the Pelicans game. The Jazz lost against the Pelicans last week. And it was a pretty disappointing loss because they were up 17 by one point. And the Pelicans went on like a 22 to two run in the fourth quarter to win by four. Um, But that was the first game since Kyle Korver came that when he made over two three-pointers in a game, the Jazz lost. Um, they were like 13-1 and one. They were 13 and one when he makes two or more three-pointers in a game. So I think the value he brings is just that spacing, someone who defenders can't leave, they have to keep a hand on them, and that allows players like Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles, it gives them those driving lanes to, to create more opportunities on the offensive side. Tim, do you got any questions for for John here? I know you've been kind of – Go ahead. The conversation was good. Um, So, all right, sitting in in eighth spot, uh, Uh we're probably all going to agree that they're they're not going to fall any lower than that. Um, 
looking at who they'd have to play, they could they could end up in sixth, let's say, with not too yeah. much trouble. Um, who, the do they match up? who do they want to play out of Golden State, Denver, and Houston? Uh, I think that's a, good, that's a good question. I actually, not too long ago, did a poll um, asking Jazz fans who do they think the Jazz have the best chance against if the likely matchups are probably Denver, Houston, Portland, or OKC. I think those four teams are kind of who you're looking at the Jazz probably ending up playing. Um, who they have the best chance against. I think I don't think they're likely going to end up in the seventh seed, but I actually think Denver is a very good matchup for Utah. We've played them very well this season. Um, and then if Denver's probably – I don't think the Jazz will be Denver – or I don't think the Jazz will finish in the seventh spot, so I don't know if that's likely. But if that doesn't happen, then I think the Portland Trailblazers are the best matchup for the Jazz. They have a good, strong defense. They've historically held Damian Lillard in check. Um, and made him really struggle and fight. C.J. McCollum has never really worried us just because we have we have big size at the wings. We have good defensive guards who can kind of handle those guys. And with Rudy Gobert down low, we're not too worried about their bigs. But I think Portland would be the best and most likely matchup for us if we were going to get out of the first round. Uh, the teams we definitely don't want to see uh, would be OKC or Houston. I think those two teams are the ones that – most Jazz fans would say we just don't match up well against them. And that, I mean, OKC would be fun, especially with the Russell Westbrook and Utah Jazz situation going on right now. I just think the crowds would be amazing. I don't think the teams really like each other. Um, but I'm not sure if they if they match up with the Thunder or Houston. I'm not sure if the Jazz get out of the first round. Uh, let's, let's go ahead, and since you brought it up, uh, because I, I want to talk about that situation and what's going on. Um, I, you know, I'd love to talk a little more about the Jazz and Portland, but I think uh, Nurkic and um, Gobert, they kind of cancel each other out in a way. Um, Gobert would slow Nurkic down, and um, Utah's got more offense outside of, you know, with because Portland has Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum if Nurkic is not working. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. they don't have a lot. Um, granted, they did add Rodney Hood, but it's one of those yeah, situations he's been where... playing pretty well. But he has. Um, I, don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a game changer for him, though. He's not, and playoff basketball is a little different than regular season basketball. Portland, to me, is a regular yeah. season team who who achieves in the regular season... And then they struggle in the playoffs because that's when things get a yeah. little more chippy. That's when that's when you really got to work harder. Teams are playing harder defense. They're trying a lot harder to win. And you don't get that advantage of teams coming into Portland, uh, you know, after traveling all night because when they come in, they've got some rest. Uh, you know, you don't get really get that big of a home, home court advantage because that trip to Portland's tough. Uh, for any team, yeah. I don't care where you're located. That's yeah. a tough trip, and that's the only point. team. And I, yeah, and that's the only team up there, and they have a very good home court advantage during the regular season. But where you have to play multiple games in multiple days uh, in Portland, they kind of lose that advantage a little bit. So I think that helps. But yeah. I do want to talk about that's this Russell West. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, I just real quick. That's actually my same reasoning for why I think the Jazz match up against the Denver Nuggets really well. As I just I view Denver yeah. as more of a regular season team who their offense just has a tendency to overwhelm people, but when you get to the playoffs, it's a different game. It's more physical, it's more defense and 
the Jazz have been playing that game all season. Denver hasn't. Yeah. And to travel from Salt Lake City to Denver, especially because the elevations are similar and they're never going to be back-to-back, I think yeah. that eliminates some of the – I mean, Denver historically, just because the altitude, will, they're, they're really good at home, um, similar to Utah. But I think that kind of cancels out with the playoffs. So I think Utah would have a good advantage over Denver or Portland because of those things. So that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see. And I kind of, I'd actually love to see a Utah-Denver matchup because that would be the matchup that nobody's talking about, but I think would be the best series, maybe outside of a uh, – I would love to see OKC take on San Antonio right now. I think that would be fun to watch too. But um, let, let's go to the OKC and, and Utah, the big situation, the Russell Westbrook, um, you know, what happened there. And if, you, if you're out of the loop, uh, apparently there was a lot of he said, she said uh, going on. Apparently a fan supposedly – again, I don't know. I'm just reporting what I had seen. Fan supposedly said something uh, racially insensitive to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook said some things back about how he would uh, – well, this is a sh- this is my show and Tim's show, so we can say what we want. He would fuck him and fuck his wife up. So Russell Westbrook threatening to beat up fans. But – if a fan did say something racially insensitive, I can kind of see that. Um, again, outsider here, don't know what's going on, don't know what was said, what happened. You was the Utah guy. I, I saw where the fan was suspended. Uh, I, I don't know how long, maybe for life from it, Jazz home games. It was indefinitely, yeah. yeah indefinite. Indefinitely. So, so let us know um, what, what happened there. What, what's, what's going on? So I think it's kind of what you said. It's a lot of he said, he said. No one who wasn't sitting right there really knows the whole story, but um, there is a history there with Russell Westbrook and Utah jazz fans stemming back to last year's playoffs where a similar situation where he was verbally like yelling at people in the, in the stadium. Um, But I mean, really I was on Twitter and I was kind of annoyed actually, because it just seemed like everyone on Twitter who has a voice was trying to pick a side. It was either like, Oh, like, I know some people who know this fan or like I heard from accounts who are around him. Like it's not really what he said. It was taken out of context or whatever it was. And then other people who are on Westbrook's side saying like, no, like you can't accept any type of racial comments, which is absolutely true. Like fans shouldn't be allowed to say this type of stuff to players, which again, it's true. Um, but at the end of the day, I was frustrated because I just didn't understand why are people trying to pick a side? Uh, I think at the end of the day, he crossed the line and said things that should never be said, not just to an NBA player, but to anybody. We should never say things like that. But then Westbrook, he crossed the line too. Like, you're an NBA athlete. You need to understand that you're in a position where people of opposing crowds are going to yell stuff at you. You have to find a way to be above it. And even if you're not going to be above it, if you're going to say something back, you probably should never threaten violence to let alone the man, but to his wife. I think that's also crossing the line. So I think at the end of the day, they're both in the wrong. They both made mistakes and took it too far. And the punishment for both of them seemed correct. Westbrook was fined $25,000 by the NBA for his part in this. And the fan of the Utah Jazz, they released a statement saying that he's been banned from games um, indefinitely. So I think they both got the punishment that they deserved. And it'll be interesting to see if anything comes from this as far as uh, the NBA and arenas taking certain steps to protect the players a little bit better. Um, I I don't know what that would involve. It might just be stronger policies or um, quicker action in enforcing those policies. But I think at the end of the day, it just, 
I think it just goes to show you that these players, they're people too. And as fans, sometimes we forget that. And oftentimes we, we say things and we treat them like they're just figures in a movie, that they're not real life. Um, but they are. They're, they're real life. They have emotions. They have families at home. And we, we need to be respectful of that. I agree. Uh, Tim, what do you think on this situation? I know uh, we, we kind of talked a yeah, little bit, we, but go ahead. We did. And I kind of I've kind of had another kind of train of thought about it. Um, I think what they could do is before every game, they have a quick little PSA reminder over the, you know, they have all the technology in the world in these buildings. Uh, that kind of stuff is not going to be tolerated in any way, shape, or form. We all know it's wrong. Shouldn't do it. Um, and there will be consequences for doing it so that nobody can say the play that I didn't know guard and all that sort of stuff. Um, from the player's side, uh, I don't know. You know, as we talked about earlier, I'm not ever going to hear that being a 51-year-old white guy. I can't say what that does to a man to hear that and whether he's wrong or not to respond in the way in which he responded. Um, that being said, he's a professional athlete on a, on a public stage. He's got to try to find a way to keep his cool. Um, and if they can't, then maybe they need to have some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of in-house seminar or something that, okay, you know, you guys are you're hearing this and this is how you got to deal with it and let us deal with the fans. We don't need you to do it. We'll take care. Yeah. We'll, well, police I think, we'll police that part. I, I think the fine is a, a starting point doing 25,000. And then from there you look at who has a history of this. And I think Westbrook has a history of it. And if he continues to go down this path, the fines get bigger, maybe you lead to suspensions. But I mean, I think from the NBA standpoint, you look at it and say, well, if you're getting verbal altercations and you're threatening violence, like how long before we have kind of like the Ron Artest situation? Well, um, so there, right. does, there do need because to be the, steps in place. I mean, the players, players. the players have got to know, though, that anything they say will make it on social media. They will get caught on a camera or audio somehow, somewhere, because they're – they're under the microscope 24-7. So if you say something, it's for sure going to make Twitter or a cell phone somewhere that's going to get recorded. So it's in your best interest, really, just not to say those things. Um, I have no problem. If, if he would have told Russell Westbrook, you know what, I think you suck and I don't like you, and Westbrook would have looked at him and replied, yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put up 40 tonight against the Jazz, I'd have been quite okay with that. Those kind of back and forth don't bother me but we we definitely got to keep it out of the yeah like where's yeah, the, where's the line where's the line right there's a line yeah, you where, can cross. like I, yeah you just can't i was talking it. to some people today about how i mean if you go to any college basketball game and listen to the student section and some of the chants and the things that they say i mean they take it personally but a lot of times there it's, it's all in good fun it seems like they have a line and and he he certainly crossed the line that shouldn't be crossed and uh, I think the biggest thing from a player's standpoint is I, I know they can do this is they can go to security and they can point out certain fans and say like, Hey, like this is what was said. Like, they do have power to do things like that. So 
it seems like as a player, you should just understand like, Hey, if, if someone says something, if they go too far, I can go to security and I can say, Hey, I can't, I can't play. I can't perform with this fan doing this. I need you to talk to him, whether it's escorting him out or I know security hands out these little yellow warning cards to fans. Like maybe you give them that and just say, Hey, like, just so you're aware, this is official warning. If it continues, you'll be escorted out. Um, but it, it's definitely going to spark conversation and something's going to happen in the off season, I'm sure. But in my mind, it, it would lead to a very interesting playoff series as well, because these fans definitely don't like each other. And I think these teams, especially because of last year's playoff matchup, they're starting to not like each other. Uh, the games this year between OKC have been very fun. There's been two one-point losses by the Jazz, one in double overtime. Um, I think it would be a very fun series, and it would be a very heated battle. And I'm all for that. I got no problem with uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole NBA love fest, everybody hugging all the time before, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and all that. I, I just, well, I mean, I, I don't, you know, they don't have to be mortal enemies either. But, you know, at least when the game's on, if your jersey's not the same. Yeah, I think it's time, one of those, once you step on the court, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, some of the stuff that you see where, you know, the game's not even over yet and the ball's just laying on the cart and everybody's having a hug fest. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sit well with me either. There, there needs to be a little bit more competition, a little fiercer. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of for, for all that. So, But that's got no way, bars anything on the, the racial taunts and all that stuff. It's, there can't be a place for that. No, there can't be. But, uh, John, we've taken enough of your time. I know you got some things you're doing this evening, so we want to thank you so much for jumping on here and giving us some of your time, talking some jazz and a little bit of playoff preview and you know, just a little bit of everything. And, uh, one you know, one we more hope... quick thing before he goes, though. Go ahead. we gotta get his, we got to get his quick. Who do, you, who do you like in the 64 off the top of your head? Hey, say that one more time. Who do you like in the NCAA? Oh, geez. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> top of my head, four million it's, dollar it's, question. It's, I know, right? It's, it's tough because if Duke gets a healthy Zion Williamson, which I heard he's going to start playing again, I feel like they look like they have the most talent. But it's always hard to argue with Gonzaga because they're a more veteran team who's definitely been there before. So uh, I think it's a toss up between those two teams, though. Okay, we'll let you have two. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but John, thanks again for jumping on. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and find you at and uh stay in touch with. Yeah, absolutely. Um biggest thing is I'm always active on Twitter, just at John underscore Kiefer. Um if you want to read my writing, I, I write for two different Utah Utah Jazz websites, uh Jnotes dot com and saltcityhoops.com. So Exciting! All right, for the end of the year, I'm ready. For, I think, like everyone, I'm ready for the playoffs to, to roll. Oh around. yeah, it's going to be fun, and uh, we do thank you again for jumping on. We hope to have you back, and once the playoffs roll around, I'll be in touch again, and we'll get some more jazz talk on here, my friend. Absolutely, sounds like fun, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, again. sir. Well, that was John Key for jumping on with us, and we will be right back right after this. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. 
When you're on Cam Bay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on CamBay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know CamBay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's CamBay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join CamBay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Again, thanks to CamBay.com, promo code WIDEMAN to get your free credits. And make sure you go check them out, our gracious sponsors here on the show. We thank them very, very much. Before we move on, um, Tim and I had planned on putting out a, a, a conversation we had earlier today with Alex Golden. Um, I have the unfortunate news to say that due to some technical issues on the blog talk radio end of things on our site, I was unable to get that uploaded to our audio here to play for you. So I'm not able to have that interview with him. And we talked a good 30 minutes. So instead Um, we bring you Bush League. (laughs) But we will not have that conversation this week. Hopefully these technical Ah. difficulties will be resolved. And if they're not, there will be a very angry, angry letter email sent to the people. But we will have our conversation with Alex next week on the show. It was a good one, for you. It, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Was it. I was looking good. forward to it because it'll I really enjoyed be our conversation. It'll still be topical, not quite, but, but it'll be Yeah, I mean, there may be a couple things week, off, so. but for the most part, it's something that, that you could hear next week and it won't affect. So we'll save that for next week. We will have uh, Alex back on soon, but I want to get that conversation out there next week. So we will have that for you. Sunday night also. um, Sunday night, Tim and I will be hosting a very special college basketball uh, Selection Sunday reaction show where we will look at the bracket of 64 and break it down. And we will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time after the Selection Sunday show goes off the air. We will go live, and we want you to be a part of it, to be involved. If you want to call in and talk with us, we'll be taking calls that night. We'll be talking to brackets, and we'll be looking at that. So we will definitely have that. Exactly. uh, When you take the chance of getting fired because you stay home during the day to watch the games, your wife might leave you, and you forget you had a family. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't care. One of those, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you um, so, care. we already have a special guest for that show. In case you missed, it's Jeff. Our man Jeff will be calling <laughs> in on <laughs> Sunday Jeff. evening at eight o'clock. He'll be joining us. Uh, we we're going to try and get Tr on uh, with his job. He's been very very busy during the week. Who's that? And <laughs> we Who's hope to have Tr, TR on which you speak. very very soon. Uh, both oh, on the, the regular show and don't, and the college basketball say, shows. Don't say that any louder. A little Tr is going to hear, and then we're going to get him. Oh, don't get me. Don't get started with him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah those are those are some of the things we've got coming up. 
so make sure you tune in on Sunday, the show uh, talking college hoops, talking about Selection Sunday, and uh, who knows, maybe next week, Tim, we may go through our our brackets next week on the show. Yeah, that could be a – yeah, next Wednesday because the games start on Thursday. Next Wednesday, we're looking at Tim and Tim and my brackets, and, and possibly, you know, we, we, we may see more. So we'll go through our brackets. We'll go through – let's just go through the first round next week. We'll go through the first round. We'll reveal who we have winning it all. And um, but we'll go through the first round yeah, our picks. And uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there. And we hope you guys right. are enjoying that. This is that'll one of our be, favorites of the year. That'll be tentatively called the show where Tim uh, emphatically tries to find a way to not pick Duke. <laughs> you know, it's hard to pick against them. It really is. It is, but I just I dislike them so. I, I know you do. I know it's you do. <laughs> yeah, Canadians hate those. Dookies. No, you know what it really is. <laughs> the first exposure I had really had to college basketball um, was about nineteen. I want to say it was ninety one, maybe ninety 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 one ninety two in there somewhere, and it was Christian Leitner. And how much I hated his last-minute shot-making capabilities. And I've had a hate-on for Duke ever since. You know, everybody hates Christian Leitner. It's okay. It's all right to hate Grayson Allen, too, from what I hear. Yeah, apparently. It really is. Although, he's, you know, <laughs> on that on that note, and being an NBA player, he has gotten in absolutely no trouble at the NBA level that I've heard. No, he hasn't. He's stayed pretty... Uh... Kept good for him because I think he would have got. Uh, I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world. I think he would have got pounded if he'd have pulled any of the bullshit he pulled in uh, college basketball. If he'd tried that on some of the big boys in the NBA, he'd have been. Yeah, I don't. Harassed, uh, I think. I definitely don't see him trying anything in uh, the NBA. But yeah, you know, he's so, playing for the Jazz. He's playing for the Jazz. Uh, yeah, not tearing the world up when it comes to statistics, but. Well, uh, the, Little man, why for you put your foot out in front of Joel and try to trip me? <laughs> oh, but Tim, you know what you need to do? <laughs> oh, Joel, yeah, okay, let's hear this. <laughs> Fire up the Twitter time, baby, That is correct. Bush League this week. We've got three very, very interesting nominees for your Bush League winner this week. And, Tim, when you get to Twitter, let me know if you're there. Go to the Wide Men Can't Jump Facebook page. Or, excuse me, the Wide Men Can't Jump Twitter page. And you will see these three clips retweeted in a row from Wide Men Can't Jump. Check it out. You're ready for some Bush League. All right. Our first Bush League nominee Kyle O'Quinn playing for Indiana now, playing underneath in the most hideous Pacers jerseys that ever were. They're the old uh, Hoosiers jerseys. They're hideous. Kyle O'Quinn looks like he looks like he's uh, 
his controller died on NBA 2K as he plays defense on Joel yeah. Embiid. <laughs> he's penciled out or something there. He just stands there with his hands up. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. I don't even want to be here right now. Joel Embiid goes up for a dunk. Oh, Quinn's when dunk. Play defense. Uh, I'm going to move out of the way. He was possessed by the. And... He was possessed by LeBron without Kyle Kuzma's hand to push him. Uh, so. What in that? Well, I got to look at that again. Uh, Kyle O'Quinn, you know, you know what that kind of defense is. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? That's right. Joel, that's Bush. Joel is tall, apparently. And, oh yeah, he's very tall. And apparently, much. And that other guy. I don't know if he had a like a form of uh, fault syndrome that he couldn't jump, maybe. I don't know. Somebody nailed him to the court or something. I don't know. That was pathetic. Yeah. All right. Well, well our, moving on. our second Andre Drummond. Oh, bless his heart. He's, he's playing good ball this year for the most part, but Andre Drummond decided it was time for him to do a step-back three-point jump shot with Brooke Lopez on him. And he steps back, <laughs> fires away, and he hits the top of the backboard. It wasn't even close. <laughs> Tom Brady was at that game when they deflated that ball a little bit before he shot it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He said <laughs> it looked like it looked like the air fell out of it about halfway to the rim. Oh man, he, I mean, he didn't even. Oh. It wasn't even that he that he that it like hit the rim. It didn't even come close. It he had like one eye shut, and his, his depth board. perception was all. I mean, okay, Something. sure, you know, he took the step back, and he's got the beard, but to Harden, he is not. No, I'll give <laughs> I'll give Drummond this. His step back wasn't a travel, so I will give him that. But yeah, he did the, He did. He dribbled. He didn't travel. But man, oh man, the shot, the shot hit where the, uh, which I'll, I'll that say was... that he had to shoot it because the shot clock was winding down. So that was I see why Ben Simmons esque that shot. <laughs> ben Simmons wishes, my yeah. friend, but Andre Drummond, that shot, you know what it was. I mean that that is Bush League. Bush League. That was Bush League. And finally, Tim, you're gonna hate this one. Our very own your favorite team, Michigan, Mo Wagner this week, as Mo Wagner goes in for a huge slam <laughs> and the rim says no. Well, they, I I have to say that that is basically Tim when he was about seven years old with the Tyco, you know, the, yeah. the little plastic, you know, the net you get at home. And that's why yeah. I never played basketball. I never lived down the, uh, the shame of not being able to complete my dunk when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can we honestly say that that attempted dunk right there basically sums up the the Los Angeles Lakers season pretty much? Oh, we got I mean, it. We the, got the, it. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the farm is good. I mean, the lane is open. I mean, it, it wasn't a bad, you know. It was the right like was a bad, so, Yeah, I mean, there was nothing about it that, that should make you go, what, what was I thinking about here? But just, you know. LeVar Ball-like finish on that one. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Oh, Mo Wagner. Yeah. You know, it was a valid attempt, and, and I don't blame you for doing what you did, but you know what the missed dunk was. That's Bush League. Ah. That's, that's, so that's, your, so that's, 
That's Michigan that's, Bush League, baby. <laughs> that's the three. That's the three nominees for Bush League this week. Yeah. Tim, mm. who who do you give the crown to this week? I, this is a tough huh? one. I, I, it's paining me, but I'm going to have to give that to some some world class Ann Arbor, Michigan Bush. I think. Oh, Mo yeah. Wagner, the well, winner. I'm going to have to give that to Mo because a guy that big, you got to be able to dunk. Yeah, you got to finish and, and that one. You, so yeah, and if you, you you can't, then what good are you? Yes, that is very true. And Mo you, Wagner, you need a podcast. Mo, do you need winning. another job? We we got a spot open. Mo, your for winning Bush League this week, you will receive five Nate Bush unpaid parking tickets from the city and municipality of Logan, West Virginia. And Please a, pay a them on visit. time. They like they they don't like it when you don't pay your parking tickets. So a free visit that's been to Bush. Markel Fultz's doctor. <laughs> that will be Bush League for this week. Bush League. You know, the, you know, the I'm only not... thing that that would make that funnier for me is I, I've got this picture now of Tom Robinson coming out of the crowd in his Philadelphia uh, when he was a part of the of the squad, the, the cheer squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see, I see him running out, and, and instead of him rimming that dunk, Tom, you know, rejects it. You know, no, that would be Bushley. No, definitely. <laughs> oh, I want to take oh. uh, Tim. I want to take just a second, and um, one of my uh, yeah, I'm from Logan, West Virginia. In case uh, you know, I didn't know that. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people know that. Uh, we had a a girl who played for Marshall University, uh, women's basketball team. Um, they were in their probably. conference tournament. They were in their oh, conference tournament there today. Was, there was probably several they, girls playing for Marshall women's basketball, but anyway. Well, she uh, she's from you know she went to the same high school I went to. She, this was her senior right. season. She is the third leading scorer in Marshall University women's basketball history. She's one of only three women to ever break two thousand points for a career, averaging twenty points per game this season. And she took the herd. She was the leader of the herd, and they went to their conference tournament in Frisco, Texas. They were the sixth seed, and they were upset in double overtime today by UTEP ending their season. And this was her final game for the herd. So, Shayna, um, I know you're listening. If you're not listening, but if you are, uh, congratulations on a great career at Marshall. And congratulations on topping the 2,000-point scoring list and breaking all records and making us proud down here in southern West Virginia. We hope you go on and continue to play basketball, whether it be in the WNBA or professional somewhere. So congratulations, uh, Shana, Shana Gore. So number 14 for the herd. That that was University of Texas, El Paso? Yes. Well, I'll see you now. I knew we wasted our time defending the Alamo. I knew it. <laughs> but uh, some good news. Damn those uh, El Paso Williams. Some good news. Shayna has agreed in principle to sooner or later she will jump on the show with us and talk a little women's college hoops. So uh, we, we would be more than happy to probably uh, give her a shirt for free and or at a very, very good price 
if she repped it a little bit in her uh, women's basketball travels. Just yeah. Yeah, she, she'll be joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll get her on within the next couple of weeks. And so she's are we a suggesting vet fan. that if, if, if we were to play, like if I was to go one-on-one with her, that she would bury me? Uh, oh, God. Know, <laughs> well, first move, and I'd be, uh, hold on, man, while I pick up my kidney that's laying she's over here in the corner. She's a fantastic ball player. Absolutely well, fantastic I, I, ball And I am not, so I am quite sure that she is. <laughs> Considerably better than me. <laughs> yeah, she is a fantastic so basketball player. High school basketball players are better than me. No, and so, at that level, let's let's get serious for a second. At that level, um, all right, I, I, we can talk all day about the men's versus women's game, but that's irrelevant. Uh, at that level, to to make those kind of uh, uh, to have those kind of numbers, et cetera, et cetera, speaks volumes. And you got to be a hell of a talent to. Uh, to come anywhere near that sort of stuff. So I'm going to assume that she is a spectacular basketball player. Oh, she is. Uh, she made us all proud down here in Southern West Virginia. So uh, thanks again, Shana. And can't wait to get you on uh, the show here in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, so we have that to look forward to. I want it to be so that the next time that we do the draft thing that I say, you know, 2021, uh, number 32, and it's her, you see. Oh, I hope so. I'd love to see her get drafted. That, that would be would, fantastic. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it would. I mean, I would have to agree with you. Yeah, I can't even begin to, to tell you the ramifications of such a of a, such a moment. Mm-hmm. Even, if, well, even I, if she never stepped on the court. I want to, I want to take a second here and – I'm not going to have a lot of time to talk about my Wolves anymore this year. They are not killing it as of late. They're kind of just – they're the 10th seed. Let's, let's call they're it not what tanking. It is, they're kind of shitty. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just not – they're, they're not putting it together. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They're not good. They're just kind of, you know, indifferent. Yeah, middle of the pack. They're kind of uh, – yeah, I'm kind of hanging in there, but but not quite good enough to make it, but not so bad that uh, there's any Zion Williamson on the horizon, or any of that kind of uh, talk. You know, no, no tank and talk, or any of that sort of let stuff. Me, but let, can I throw a stat at you? Sure, fire, um, fire away. Going into the Washington Wizards game uh, last week, you want to hear Carl Anthony Towns' averages since the All Star break? Yes. Sure, am I going since, to be impressed or not? Since the All-Star break, Carl Anthony Towns was is averaging. Now, this was against until the Wizards game, and I don't know the averages after that, but this was going into the Wizards game, six games post-All-Star break. 34.3 points per game with 14 rebounds per game, and he was shooting 48% from three-point range. He was 19 of 40 shooting. You Carl see, Anthony you, you Towns. That was up until. I found until another level. So the Wizards game on Saturday, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, he, post had, he had forty. He had forty against Washington. Okay, so that uh, that number did, went up. Then he didn't. I, I don't know what he had against New York because he, I'm just looking at the lead. He didn't play. He, 30, he was hurt. Okay, he was so hurt. he had nothing, and then he put up thirty-four against Denver on Tuesday. Yeah. So. 
And, and Towns hit a step back. Towns looked like I don't know if you saw, but Towns looked just like um, uh, James Harden the other night. He hit a step back against Jokic and <laughs> broke Jokic's ankle. He, I don't know if you saw that. But a seven footer who can put the ball between his legs and hit a step back three like that. It's it's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how the game, how the big men have become. Um, well, they don't really dunk anymore. Really, they can, but they they really don't. Their their finesse game is went to crazy places compared to what it once was. Yeah. Imagine Shaq trying to do that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that oh, Shaq, would be fun. Yeah, I mean, do you picture picture? Picture Shaq, one of the greatest big men of all time. Picture him doing any kind of dribbling even is, is almost funny because he just didn't, really. I mean, I'm going to stand under the basket and hand me the ball, please. I'm going to kill four guys and pull the, the backboard down. Basically, he's big, <laughs> well, he pretty could, much. He could definitely do it, but I don't think he – a step back three is not something I think he yeah, would no, do I mean, he, he, you know, he, Yeah, no, Shaq's not breaking any ankles out on the, on the three-point line. Except his own, maybe, by tripping over it. But Yeah. And I want to tip my hat to Kieta Bates-Diop, who has stepped in and played great basketball for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We drafted him in the second round. He was a Big Ten player of the year for Ohio State, and he has played great in every opportunity he's gotten for the Wolves this year. Um, really liked what he can do, what he brings to the court. Um, his score, his box score the other night, Andrew Wiggins did not play due to, to an illness and an injury. Uh, Kidd Bates Diop had nine points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, didn't finish great in the plus minus, but he had a tough, tough job guarding Denver. Uh, the last time he played before that was against the Knicks, where he finished with 18 points, six rebounds, an assist, two steals, and finished at plus seven, shot very well from the field at 58% from the field. So a second round pick that could be a diamond in the rough. Really like Bates Diop for my team. Uh, big fan. So hopefully, you know, we can get some, some more out of him. Really like him. Okay, you still there? <laughs> well, I mean, the Wolves looks like they're going to be a lottery team, but not in a not in a way that it's going to be like, oh, you know, they got a chance to get the number one. Not, they'll have a chance, but unlikely. Yeah, probably, yeah not likely, though. Know, that would take some serious mathematical work. Let's let's look at this here real quick. Um, if you don't mind, Tim? No, that's not Tim. This is uh, not really that. Uh, well, okay. So I here's mean, what I'm going to do. If, if the playoffs, if the playoffs started today, here would be your 14 lottery teams. This is in. The, this is not in any particular order. Phoenix. New York, Cleveland. Those would be your top three teams. And the lottery odds have changed. Okay? Uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. NBA lottery odds have changed this year. So what, it's uh, the bottom 14, you say? Yeah, the bottom three teams all have the same uh, right, percent but chance. But who gets into the lottery pick? The first, it's the bottom 14? The bottom 14, yeah. Okay, well, right now, if it was to happen today, Minnesota is 14 from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, they would they be would 14. Be the last, so here's they would be the, so they would have the worst odds to, to get the lottery pick. 
Yeah, so I'm looking at this here. Here's the breakdown. The Knicks have a 14% chance at the number one pick. The Suns have a 14% chance at at number one. The Cavs have a 14% chance at number one. The next closest team would be the Chicago Bulls. They have a 12% chance at the number one pick. Then, let's see if I can find it here. And Atlanta would have a 10% chance, 10.5% chance at number one. Dallas Mavericks would have an 8.3% chance. Washington Wizards, 8.2% chance. Memphis, 6% chance. Uh, New Orleans, 4.5%. Los Angeles Lakers, 2.5%. Hornets, 2.5%. Orlando, 1.5%. Minnesota, 1%. And the Sacramento Kings, a half a percent chance. Riddle me this. I know the odds aren't with them, but could you imagine if Sacramento or Minnesota or Los Angeles. With those, <laughs> no, 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 not not Los Angeles, please. Oh, or Orlando, or Charlotte, or the Wizards, or a Dallas. Or, or imagine, let's just look at Dallas. Pairing Zion Williamson with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and company would be a dream come true for me. Let's say Zion, the, the half percent chance shows up, and Sacramento somehow lucks in and gets the number one pick. Sacramento would be an automatic, fantastic team playoff berth happening with Giles and Bagley and De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, and then add Zion in there. But imagine the Dallas Mavericks with the team they have. Jalen Brunson last night played a fantastic game at point guard. He had 30-some points. Uh, 32, I believe, was his um, was what he ended up with last night. Uh, as the, the Mavericks did lose to... Um, the Spurs last night. I, I did catch some of that game. Uh, so I'm looking at Brunson had 34. Dwight Powell had 20. Doncic only had 12. And Doncic last night went from the free throw line, Tim, one of nine from the free throw line, 11% from the free throw line. That's but like imagine, it. imagine you throw in – with Brunson, who's emerging, Doncic, who's a great player, Porzingis when he's healthy, and let's just say the 8% turns in and they land Zion Williamson. They draft Zion Williamson. Oh, and by the way, the Mavs also have $30 million in cap space in the offseason that they can use <laughs> to sign someone. Now, could you imagine that Mavericks team with Porzingis, Doncic, Zion Williamson, and a free a big name free agent. You have to do some. You have to do some digging. I don't know offhand um, what the uh, in previous years how it's worked out. How often the top pick goes to a team that's in the top two or three, as opposed to. Uh, I don't think it happens very. Often. I don't think it's ever happened in basketball. Where you know a team that's like you know been eleventh on the list has actually ended up with the number one pick. Yeah, I mean it doesn't happen very often. Um, the last team that really jumped up was the Cleveland Cavaliers. The year that they got uh, Kyrie, I, was it? No, it was. I think it was the year they got Anthony Bennett. Um, I don't know, let me let me check this out. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if that's yeah. I don't know how how easily a found stat that would be, but you know, your luck, the Timberwolves would, would get the number one pick and not pick Williamson. Yeah, really. I'd pick a new team. <laughs> oh, I'll uh, tell you what. That's just, According I mean, to this, the NBA draft lottery, uh, the NBA draft lottery, one of the longest odds to get it was 1993. The Orlando Magic franchise won the top pick the year before and selected Shaquille O'Neal, and they went 41 and 41. They had the worst odds at 1 and 66 of getting the top pick, and they parlayed the pick Chris Weber into a three-team trade with Golden State for the third overall pick and several future picks. So uh, Orlando was actually the team that ended up winning why, it. Why, why did they not want whoever was first? What? I don't understand. Uh, I mean, they were a pretty good team. So I'm, I mean, you know, not I'm not sure. Not that Chris Weber coming out of college was a joke or anything because he wasn't, but. He didn't really turn out to be as great as uh, expected, I suppose. But I wonder who went who went first that year that they didn't want them. Is what I'm getting at. Um, well, I tell you what. If you want to find out, let's get into our segment, <laughs> shall we? Uh, oh, 1996. Was that the year? It was uh, 93. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because you know who went first in 96. It had to have been crazy. It was Alan Iverson. That had to have been mad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> shall we die? All right. Actually, let's not use that on our segment. I'll just go ahead and ta- – we'll just go ahead and do that one, okay? Yeah, no, let's, we'll not, save- let's not do that. Let's, I've got it. Let's save our one because that one's coming. But uh, the 1993 NBA draft – uh, that the Orlando Magic did win. Uh, let's see here, 1993 NBA draft. They had the longest odds of getting the pick, and still somehow were able to. Uh, okay, well, no. so they picked at, at one and then traded him. Yeah, they picked, they picked one. They picked they picked yeah. Weber and they traded him to Golden State. They got back in that trade Penny Hardaway okay, and so several picks. So, right. I kind of understand. For a brief moment, I looked at that and went, good God, don't tell me they wanted Sean Bradley. No, Sean Bradley went to the uh, the Sixers that year. <laughs> so, that they could put, so that they could put Sean Bradley beside Shaq and make a number 10. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> oh, oh man. I can't, I can't even imagine the stench of Sean Bradley. No offense to Sean Bradley. I'm sure he's not scared, but... <laughs> No offense, Sean Bradley, but... <laughs> You stunk, dude. You're horrible. You are the worst big, one of the worst big men ever for hype. Hell of an honor. Oh, yeah. oh man. But let's uh, let's actually go ahead and get to our draft pick flashback segment here. So, Tim, go ahead and throw me a year and a number yeah, out I, there. I, I, we'll I dive in. This time. I got to do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. The year is 1996. That was how I knew Iverson went first. Okay. The pick, okay. The pick is number. The pick is number twelve. All right. The nineteen ninety six NBA draft. Ninety six draft. A loaded draft. Lots of good Very players. In loaded. Very loaded draft. 
let's see. The and number yet, twelve. Somehow, number oh 12. my god! Somehow. <laughs> Woo. Well, let's look at some of the players who did go in this draft before we dive somehow, into our twelve. Somehow that happened, man. <laughs> the number one pick in the draft that year was Allen Iverson. Number two was Marcus that. Camby. Then Vancouver who, who, goes at three who, 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 with Sharif. Yeah, okay, I don't know about that. He had a good career, too. Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Number four, Stephon Marbury. Number five, Ray Allen. Six, Antoine Walker. Then uh, Lorenzen Wright, Kerry Kittles, Sammy Walker, Eric Dampier, and then Todd Fuller. Uh, 13 was Kobe Bryant. So, Kobe goes from the Hornets and is traded to L.A. Pajal Stojakovic, 14. Steve Nash, 15. Tony Delk. Boy, there's a name you don't hear a lot about anymore. Tony Delk, 16. Jermaine O'Neal, 17. Zadrunas Silgalskis, Derek Fisher, 24. Uh, man, there were some pl- there were some great players yeah, in this draft. great players in the first round of that draft. But yeah, there really were. And you look at that pick, and you look who made that pick. Yeah, where I'm going. You see where I'm going with who could have played there and been yep. waiting for you know who? And what kind of yep. a mess that would have been? <laughs> no, might, <laughs> might not have worked. Might never have worked out ego wise. And we'll we'll break it to you here in a minute, folks. But can you imagine the combination that they passed on and then picked and they traded for him that spot. They traded to get him. They, they saw something he did, apparently. <laughs> well, that seems to have happened quite a bit in that franchise. Because then when you move down, I mean, look at that stunner they took at 20. Yeah. You know. well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't guessed. For the pain. Was the, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Cavaliers that year, ladies and gentlemen, selected oh. – with the 12th pick in front of Kobe Bryant, in front of Steve Nash, in front of Pajos Stojakovic, they selected from Wright State, the Ukraine train, Vitaly Potapenko. And I know what you're saying, and the entire crowd right now, the entire Cleveland Brown fan base let out the same noise, Tim, the very same noise. Yeah. Oh, Who, one has got to wonder. Like, and we've <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, who in the hell was doing the drafting for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, I'll that tell they, you this. That they had this two guy. first round picks and got Vitaly Potapenko. Okay, I'm not saying anything about Vitaly Potapenko. Okay. But they picked him and Zydrunas Ilgoskis. Okay, that's their two picks, one from Lithuania, <laughs> one from the Ukraine. I'm not saying these guys maybe didn't have some potential, but look at the names on that list. Yeah. They could have had Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash. Uh, Basically, Yeah, he never turned into too much. Uh, Derek Fisher. I mean, there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of serviceable, serviceable names on this list that are nowhere near those guys. How good of a team does the Cleveland Cavaliers have, even if they just picked draft Bryant and Steve Nash? I mean, I I agree. It just makes you wonder, like, 
okay. I mean, who was on the Cleveland Cavaliers at that time that they felt, oh, well, no, we're good at the guard position. We don't need Kobe Bryant or Steve Nash. Those guys both suck. <laughs> don't need those guys. We don't need those guys. <laughs> two, two Hall of Famer, Player of the Year, all the rest. You know, but we, we don't really need those guys because the guys we've got on our, our – and yet, and then on top of it, in the second round, they draft a guard, Reggie Geary from Arizona. I'm looking at their lineup to see who they had on the team. Well, yeah, no wonder. Uh, yeah. You know, Carl Thomas, Bobby Sura from Florida State fame. Bobby Phils. Danny, uh, Terrell Brandon is the only name that jumps out at me there. Uh, and other than that, I don't even know half the best on this team. Well, let's go ahead and look at Mr. Potapinko's uh, career. He started out playing professional ball before he came over to Wright State. Um, he played, I believe, in Wright State. Um, I don't know if he actually played at Wright State per se, but he does have a degree from Wright State, majored in sociology. But either way, uh, played professional ball overseas. Then the Cavs take him in 96. He plays with the Cavs from 96 to 99. And in that time, uh, he only started a handful of games, um, not even a full season in his whole career there in Cleveland. Goes to Boston, plays in Boston until 2002, then ends up in Seattle with the Supersonics until 2000 and the end of 2006, and goes over to Sacramento with the Kings and plays with the Kings until the end of his NBA career in 2007. Ends up playing overseas again in 2007, 2008. So this guy had a long career. He played in a lot of places. But when you're tall, you get more opportunity. So and let's he look also, at the log here. And he also you know, became a coach, too. And actually he did. Was, uh, won the title in 2016 with Cleveland. Was yeah, he, yeah he was one of the coaches for Cleveland. I wonder how he so, felt when they retired uh, Zydrunas Ogalskis' jersey while he was a coach for Cleveland. you rotten Lithuanian scum. Well, his first season... His first season in the NBA, he averages 5.8 points per game to go with 2.7 rebounds per game, so not a lot there. Uh, only started three games. Then the second year, he averages 7.1 points per game, so he got his number up a little bit there. Uh, still, And for this guy to be as big as he was and to be a center, the best year he ever had rebounding the basketball, he only averaged a total rebounds of 7.2. So that's not that great. Um, 98-99, he averages 10 points per game to go along with 5.5 rebounds. No, excuse me, 6.6 rebounds. The next year he goes 8.4 points per game and 5.5 rebounds. Uh, Best season of his career stat-wise, 10.8 points per game in 98-99 when playing for the Celtics um, and averages 7.2 rebounds as a member of the Celtics the rest of that year. Uh, drops to 9.2 points per game to go with 6.3 rebounds per game. And then 2000-2001, oh, 7.5 points per game and 
six total rebounds. Uh, his rebounds never get over four point four point four per game the rest of his career. Uh, he averages seven points per game in 2003-2004, but other than that, he never gets back over 4.6 points per game for the rest. His career stats, 7.5 points per game to go with total rebounding percentage of 4.5 rebounds per game. Uh, 69% free throw shooter. Made 48% of his shots for his career and played in 610 games, only started 189 of those games while here. Only averaged 19 minutes per game for his career and he averaged 5.6 shots attempted per game, only making 2.7 of those shots per game. So that's so, the, the percentage I'm, there. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, he played from 92 to 94, he played professionally over there. Then he came over and, play, and went to, to Wright State. But, but I can't find, like, what – I can't find any numbers, but there's no usually the statistics for college basketball. I don't think he don't actually played at Wright. I don't think he actually played at Wright State. I think he played he professional did. ball. And I don't. I think once State. you play professional, you can't come over and go to college and play. You have to go oh, straight to the NBA. That's not what it says. It says he was a former professional basketball player. He played college basketball at Wright State University. My point being is that if he didn't play at Wright State. What did he do over there that made them think? Because he was already, uh, he was 21 when he got drafted. He was already, uh, well, not old, but, you know, he wasn't like 18 or 19 or anything. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to figure out what, where, what, where did they see something in him that they passed up some of these other guys to pick him? They saw, the, not... they saw that he was six foot 10. <laughs> and I think that him. was honestly what they saw. Well, that is back in that time frame when when that did really, you know that yeah. I mean that did used to. That was the thing. If you were a big yeah, guy, yeah. you you got more chances. That was just the yeah, way it yeah. was. So I mean, at the very uh, least, he was traded, he was traded in '99 by the Cavs to the Celtics for Andrew DeClerk and a '99 first round pick that was used on Andre Miller. He was traded by the Celtics in 2002 with Kenny Anderson and Joseph Forte to the Sonics for Vin Baker and Shamad Williams. In February 2006, in a four-team, nine-player trade, he was traded to the Kings. The Supersonics got Earl Watson, Byron Russell, and a 2008 second-round pick that they used on Devin Harden. And Cash, the Nuggets, uh, acquired Reuben Patterson from the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers got Vashawn Leonard. And Brian Skinner from the Kings. The Kings got Sergi Monia, or Monia from the Trailblazers. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much the career I'm there. Sure that when they traded for him initially to make the pick, they also gave up Mark Price. Yeah, they or, did. Who, who was a serviceable NBA player? He was a good yeah. player. Yeah, that didn't that didn't work out too well for. But there again, once again, folks, if you want to find out why franchises sucked, there's there's a good always a good place to start. Now, granted, drafting is not automatic. It's not no, always, not. you know, it's not always uh, uh, that easy to tell who's going to pan out and who isn't. But um, when you miss on 
seven or eight uh, NBA All Star type players to pick that, yeah. you have to you have to wonder. What you do, them. you definitely have to wonder, and that's uh, my team does the same thing. I always have to wonder as well. So, and yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of a lot of places, you know, it depends on the philosophy of the team, right? A lot of teams draft on potential. And I'm not really a big fan of drafting on potential. If you got the goods, I want to draft guys that are ready to, or, you know, or maybe need a tad bit of seasoning, but are basically their game is there and they're ready to play. I don't want to draft guys that I can think about putting in the lineup four years from now. That doesn't really the NBA the way you know the, the careers are too short. I need the yeah, you know you need them guys out there performing now. Not you don't need the like the false thing, where okay you know who knows what that guy's going to turn into if anything. Probably not. Yeah. But even if he does now, he's what three years behind. Even if he turns into a pretty good player, they still burnt all that time and money and energy on him and got nothing. So, I don't know. That just seems well, like that is a strictly bad pick. That's all I'm saying. I understand. Uh, quick little update here as we kind of shift gears. Uh, we want to uh, tell you, remember the LeBron James uh, For the Land uh, poster or the big billboard they put up in Cleveland? I've got to see it before. It's pretty neat, but they always put it up and used to have LeBron on it when he played for Cre- for Cleveland. Somebody you don't talk about it whatever. No, they took it down when he left. Um, there is now a billboard up of Odell Beckham with a one-handed catch that says "For the Land" in Cleveland. So, yeah, well, but you know, there's another one where just you know what, Cleveland, I'm happy for you. On paper, that looks really good. Mm-hmm. But let's just let's just settle down and let's just see how that pans out first before. We count well, our eggs before they hatch. Cause well, he better that. do his job. If he doesn't Odell's do his job, then, well, if he doesn't do his job, then Cleveland fans will have a right to potentially take him into court. And if they do, I know someone who they may have a case with. And that would be our great sponsor, the law offices of Stephen. Did you like that, Tim? Did you like my little? Did you, did you like the segue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so uh, the law offices of Stephen P. New, our gracious sponsor here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Let's hear about Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. 
And again, thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Well, Tim, we only got about eight minutes left here on the show, so let's go ahead and look at the updated college basketball top 25 here. And uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here in a second. So be paying attention. And you tell me, after what we know right now, who would you give a number one seed to in the tournament this year? Now, I'm going to go through the top 25, so think on it. All right. As of right now, the top 25 for week 19, Gonzaga, receiving 41 votes, is the number one team in the country. Number two, Virginia, receiving 23 of the votes for first place. North Carolina comes in at number three. At number four, Kentucky. At number five, it's Duke. Six, Michigan State. Seven, Texas Tech. Eight, Tennessee. Nine, LSU. Ten is Michigan. Eleven is Houston. Twelve, Florida State. Thirteen, Purdue. Fourteen, the Nevada Wolfpack. Fifteen, Kansas State. Sixteen, Virginia Tech. Seventeen, Kansas. Eighteen, Buffalo. Nineteen is Wisconsin. Twenty, Wofford. 21, Maryland, 22, Auburn, 23, Marquette, 24, Cincinnati, and the defending champion, Villanova Wildcats, are at 25. Others receiving votes, including Central Florida, VCU, Mississippi State, Utah State, New Mexico State, Louisville, Murray State, Iowa State, Temple, Clemson, and Liberty. All right, Tim, putting you on the spot. If you had to pick four number ones, who are your one seeds in the tournament this year? My number one one seed would be Virginia. My second number okay. one seed would be That didn't work Carolina. out so well last year. Oh, I don't know. It's worked out. I'm just telling you by the records. I'll give okay. you North Carolina second number one. I'll drop Gonzaga down after that atrocious loss. I'll drop them down from one to three. And I'll give Kentucky the fourth one. Uh, and that's where I'll sit her. Okay. I'm going to give the number one overall to Virginia as well. I have to agree with you there. I think North Carolina has earned a number one seed. See, this is where it's hard. Two wins over Duke. Zionless or I not. Think two wins over I think I will give Gonzaga a one. I will. And well, I have to give a one because they got a victory over Duke with Zion. Yeah. That's got to be worth something. I'm going to give Duke the other number one. Sorry, Kentucky. You're going to be a two uh, in my world. I got to give Duke the other number one. I know they've struggled and yeah, they didn't have Zion, but I mean, to me that they're still a top five team in the, they're still a top four team in the country because nobody has stepped out and proven to me that they're actually better. You know what I mean? Like there hasn't been a team that's really stepped for, except for North Carolina who beat them. Nobody's really jumped out and proved to me that, okay, we're a superior team. We're that good. Nobody's done that. Michigan State, Uh, I like Michigan State. They also managed to beat Duke in Cameron, which even without John Williams is a – Yeah, I mean, I think – Yeah, I I honestly do believe that that North Carolina is a better team when Duke doesn't have Zion. But when Duke has Zion, I think it would be a different story. But I'm going to go, again, Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Duke. Those are your ones. Then Kentucky, Michigan State. And, man, after that, Texas Tech maybe, depending on what they do in the Big 12 tournament. Um, There's arguments you made for Tennessee. 
Michigan State and Michigan could easily flop if something happens in that tournament. Yeah. Let's yeah, I mean. Michigan, yeah, they, let's say they meet each other and, and Michigan wins this time around. Uh, you know, now where do they go? I don't know. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of some. There's some seriously complicated math going on. Um, strength of schedule, all that sort of stuff. Um, the whole quadrant thing, which I don't know if I'm really a fan of or not. Yeah, um, I'm not big on that. Um, but West Virginia, by the way, West Virginia leads Oklahoma right now, halfway, about almost halfway through the first half, sixteen to eight. So Oklahoma I mean, once, needs this yeah, Once we throw out, for me, you got to throw out the uh, like Villanova's got nine losses. The nine yeah. loss teams, the eight loss teams: uh, Marquette, Auburn, Maryland, Wisconsin, Kansas. Uh, Purdue's got eight losses. Those teams have all got to go. Uh, yeah, like, I mean they're in the, they're in the top twenty-five, but they're not coming anywhere near. Uh, those are. Six seeds at best for my two cents. Um, yeah. It's where you throw teams like where do you where do you put Houston that only have two losses? Well, but don't really but don't really <laughs> play anybody. So what do you do with well, them? I'll tell you, you know, what I do. Got three. What do you do with them? Buffalo's got three. I would. You know, you, I would. I would listen to Joe Lenardi and put put them where he said. <laughs> well, he seems to know. It depends on how much how much power are you going to give to, um, for instance. Well, let's just pick the ACC for because everybody knows who they are. Um, okay, you got Virginia, North Carolina, Duke. Yeah. Now we all assume that they're all really good. I mean, for all we know, Nevada might have the you know twenty eight and three. Nevada might have the perfect team. To beat the living shit out of ACC teams. I mean, it, it all depends on your matchups. Right, couldn't couldn't beat a team from the Big East if they tried, but can totally crush ACC teams. Well, now how does that, you know, where do you put them? And you yeah. don't know that probably until it happens. Even yeah, the pros, that's true. May, you know, they, they may not, you know, that may not come. I mean, we saw that last year with. Um, uh, what was it? The, the Sister Mary team there, Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago. Where they just—I mean, they really weren't that good. They just matched up nicely with the teams they ended up having to play. Yeah, it's and, true. But you know, so you you don't know, and that's the and that's the beauty of the tournament. That's the whole reason it rocks so much, because yeah. after the first little few teams. It's really a crapshoot. You know, it, the, the, how often do we see for 11s and 4s and 12s and 5s, you know, 14s and, and even 2s occasionally? And what, even last year, what, we had a, a 1 and a 16 finally? Yeah, finally. Where, yeah, where finally that happened. You can't rule it out. You can't even in the first round, you can't go, well, it's number one Dukes playing the 64-ranked team in the, in the league by their measure, you can't say with 100% certainty well, there's just no way in hell it's not going to win this because it's the true. chance does exist and it's happened. So you just don't know. And, I, and yeah. that's why it's so good. 
Well, I'll tell you what's been good, Tim. That's this episode, Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 70, March Basketball Mania. We are running low on time. Go ahead. Can you hear the world rejoicing? His Facebook is back up with the world rejoices. Yeah. Uh, People killed so that was not working. I don't know, but we do want to thank everybody for listening in to Wide Men Can't Jump this week. Again, we will be back on Sunday with our uh, NCAA championship selection show where we will discuss all things NCAA tournament brackets. We'll have special guests. And if you want on the show, please call in at one three two three six five seven one four three eight to jump in and be a part of the conversation. You will be able to talk with us and we will talk for two hours about NCAA you tournament better, hoops. You better hope that I'm not running the board because if I am I probably won't see you and you won't get on the show. <laughs> well, we hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Again, thanks to our guest John Kiefer for talking a little bit of Utah Jazz with us and our good guest Alex. Uh we will have him on next week, our pre tape conversation where we talked with Alex Golden. And you'll hear that next week. A lot of NBA talk next week. Tim and I next week will talk our tournament picks, our brackets for the first round and who we think will win it all. Next week we're talking more NBA. We're talking more NCAA. All things that you will love to hear on Wide Men Can Jump. Be sure to tune in for that. Tim uh, is there a hockey show this week or no? Uh, I'm not sure. A little little quick behind the curtain look. Um, okay. The guy I had, set, I, the guy I had kind of set up to do the hockey got uh-huh. hammered. I got hammered by YouTube for the old copyright infringement. Ew. Um, I think he's getting hosed because all all he did was he didn't show the game, and you couldn't hear the game. But they talked about it while it was going on, like live time. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, somehow YouTube sees that as a copyright infringement, and I'm not really seeing how it is. You couldn't YouTube, see the game. YouTube sucks. Yeah, they're a bunch <laughs> of kids. Some well, somebody it wasn't YouTube. I mean, somebody ratted him. Well, of course. And then, they but... looked, and then they looked at it, and, and they, so he's on a three-month ban. So I'm probably going to have to go back to the single version, which is not really the funnest, but I'll give it a go and see where we go from there until he decides what he's going to do with with himself because he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. So, And I left it at that with him. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do something because the playoffs are rolling up here shortly. So we got, i got to get my act together in the hockey department. So. Well, we're looking forward to it, and we hope you are as well. Again, we'll be back on Sunday talking NCAA hoops, and you can download the show. On iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Uh, hoping to get this Podbean situation figured out. So I'm working on it. Give me some time. Oh, tell them uh, I will not listen to another show off of their site until they put us back up there. <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to get around to fixing it yet. Uh, nothing well, major going on. I just got to fix it. Shows on near me. So they'd, they'd yeah. probably miss me if I wasn't there. I got an update coming for you too here in a minute. So okay. Ready to well, we hope you guys. Ready. We hope you guys enjoy the show. We really hope uh, you join us next week as we talk more hoops, more basketball, and all things NBA and NCAA. It's March. Get excited! NBA playoffs are right around the corner. The tournament is next week. Don't miss out. Join the Wide Men Can't Jump. Tournament Challenge is Wide Men Can't Jump Pod on ESPN's Tournament Challenge. Get in there. One entry per person. It's free. You can win yourself a free T-shirt and some other stuff, too. 
And again, jo- visit us at WideMenCan'tJump.com. The show is brought to you by New Law Office at NewLawOffice.com, CanBay.com, and this week by MyBookie.ag. Check out all of those sites. Uh, Tim, you want to send us home? It is day 67 of my Canadian incarceration. <laughs> I still have not heard from my father, Tom Robinson. Definitely <laughs> with these crazy Canadian people who are forcing me to drink syrup and eat back bacon in copious amounts, which have made little TR not quite so little anymore. I'm now slightly medium to large TR. Daddy, I don't know if I want you to come get me anymore. I'm starting to like it in Canada. They got a lot, a lot of chocolate bars and the best chips money can buy. True. My stepdaddy is not too bad a fella. He doesn't obsess about the Eagles like you do. <laughs> so, on that note, forget that I called. Forget all those Twitters and texts that I've been sending. I think I'll stay a Canadian. Love, medium, TR. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WideBeanCanJump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WideBean to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Man Radio Network.